3: Dr. your Show, thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven 877 doc dali one docdali So social media bosses are getting grilled on Capitol Hill, as they should be, over their role in propagating and allowing sex trafficking, child porn, uh, child sexual harassment to happen on their platforms. Now, some of you might say, wait a second, where are the parents? Now There are these platforms... You know, did they really, you know, where's the proof? Did that really happen? And mind you, I always like to see both sides of, you know, I don't, everybody has a chance to be proven innocent until proven guilty, or are innocent until proven guilty, but some of the evidence is just shocking. So social media giants of Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok were grilled by the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee today. Mark Zuckerberg was present. And one thing that really, I guess, um, uh, shocked me was these warnings that would come up almost acknowledging that there was something that was inappropriate including kids. So, for example, there was a warning that said these results may contain images of child sexual abuse. So Facebook or Instagram went as far as to warn somebody before they clicked on it that there could be child sexual abuse. But why even have it on the platform to begin with? That shouldn't be there. Now, some of you could say, "Look, you know, it's an open forum. People could be putting things on there." Uh, there the Facebook does have control because when I post information on the Gaza massacre, the um mass, the Hamas massacre of Israelis and the taking of American hostages, when you look at the insights and the and the analytics, zero. UN funding Hamas and evidence showing that they might have had individuals that worked for the UN a part of the, if I share anything from Wall Street Journal, CBS, NBC that has anything related to the Hamas assault and attack, hardly any any views doesn't show up on people's feeds. yet I put something up there that has to do with sports or something funny, Boom, everybody sees it. So there is some algorithm where if something has to do with Israel or hostages or lives at stake, nothing. So what? what is this algorithm? Senator Ted Cruz pointed to a 2013 report that Instagram's algorithm was connecting pedophiles to accounts that advertised the sale of child porn. Some of them were run by kids, or they featured sex-trafficked kids. So there's hashtags that people use in order to connect content. So if I put hashtag tax season, my article on medical tax deductions will be then related to other articles for tax season. That's what the hashtags do. It's a fascinating tool. But apparently there were hashtags that were promoted called ped. Core P-E-D-W-H-O-R-E, hashtag, or hashtag preteen sex. Why is that? Where's the algorithm then? I understand that a social media giant can't oversee every single thing that comes on their platform. We're not stupid. But when there's algorithms in play that already limit you trying to, I, I posted something saying I want the hostages to come home. No, zero, didn't show up on anybody else's feed. So there's some algorithm in play. They have some control. Why are they controlling one thing and not the other? So this is some frightening stuff. Twitter's Linda Yaccarino, TikTok chief executive Zi Chu, Snapchat founder Evan Spiegel, and Discord's Jason Citron was also there to give evidence. And so, oh, it's frustrating. Senator Lindsey Graham said they do have blood on their hands. They accuse their platforms of killing young people. You know, I, I don't know what the answer is, because we have a society that is so addicted to social media that it is their way of communication that I don't see it going away. And I do believe that some of the cases could be that parents were not overseeing what their children were doing. Children might have gotten depressed because they saw what their friends were doing or how their friends look. They don't feel like they look like that. you know. And somebody could make an argument being devil's advocate. Well, kids growing up watching television, yeah. did ABC or NBC or CBS be complicit in people's depression because they couldn't look like the Friends stars? Now, if you don't look like Rachel Green... Or Monica Geller because they're skinny and pretty. Do you get depressed? You know, so I get that entertainment. And you were on the phone. Somebody, uh, in fact, somebody. There was a predator that I picked up in the 1980s. I picked up the phone, and they acted like they knew me. They went to the school. They knew all this personal stuff about me. It was scary stuff. So, do you sue the phone company? So where these social media giants um, are linked, or, you know, are complicit, if that's the word for it, is that we know they have algorithms and we know they glean and they filter certain things. Let's say it's coming from Trump or coming from a Republican. We know that they have measures and they have prompts that come up. Yet, how is child Trafficking and child, um, you know, sexual child sexual abuse included. Now, one such video, I think, was a child where an animal was biting on their genitalia, uh, and that got shared and shared and shared. That video should have never been there. So they have a team that is supposed to be doing a better job than they than they are. So I get why people are mad. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly, don't go away.
0: Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD.
1: Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated.
3: We are back on the Doctor Dolly Show. Thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly. One eight seven seven D O C D A L I. So this is an interesting statistic: babies born prematurely have risen twelve percent in the past ten years. Data from the CDC showed that preterm births between 2014 and 2022 which is birth before 37 weeks gestation, rose from 7.7% to 8.7%. And in 2022, CDC data said 3.66 million babies born were born or of them. Oh, I'm sorry. There were 3.66 million babies born, 318,400 of them, We're therefore premature. Now, a premature baby could have issues with their heart, their breathing, their cognitive function. And so when a child is born too early, and then we put them in the neonatal ICU, we try to do our best to ensure that their lungs continue to develop and mature, their GI system could mature, they don't get an infection, that's huge. They're able to feed and it's it's touch and go for many of these babies. If a baby is born before 32 weeks, they have a much higher rate of death and disability. There's a lot we could do between 32 weeks and 37 weeks, but it still takes care and they're basically growing outside of the womb in a neonatal ICU so why why are we having more preterm births what's happening so when an infant is when a person is going into labor early it could be that the mom has certain medical conditions maybe many individuals who are pregnant do not have health care that has been since the start of the pregnancy. When I was pregnant, I was very fortunate to be able to call my doctor, and she said, I'll see you at week nine. Make sure you get on your vitamins. Now, any issues, call me or go to the hospital. Well, we have a lot of individuals that they don't even know they're pregnant. How many times have we heard somebody didn't find out they were pregnant until they were five, six months along? And when people ask, how could that be? It's because a lot of girls don't get their periods anymore they don't have regular periods it blows my mind how many times i ask somebody when was your last period they're like oh i don't know what's irregular." regular whatever happened to the monthly cycle well some individuals may be due to obesity or polycystic ovarian syndrome or hypothyroid may not get regular periods or you have individuals taking birth control inconsistently such that oh i'm getting my period let me double up on my pills so I don't have my period when we go to the beach. And so they, I, for me, if I was late, wow, did I know. Well, I, since I was planning the pregnancy, I took the pregnancy test before I even missed my period. But for me, my periods, they weren't clockwork, but I got them every month. So one issue is people don't even know they're pregnant, many of them. Until they finally become pregnant, they're already a certain amount along. Number two is I think they aren't getting the access to health care that they need. They, according to the CDC, many of the individuals who are at risk for preterm labor are those who are getting pregnant as a teenager or they're pregnant over 35 years old. They may have lower income. They may belong to a minority demographic. They may have a history of early births with previous pregnancies. They might have twins, triplets, or more. They may use tobacco. They may use drugs. Obesity and diabetes could also affect one's uh, birth length. And so individuals who, sadly, are not born, shall we say, at the right time, had had a long enough time to cook, they could have breathing problems, feeding problems, cerebral palsy, developmental delays, vision issues, hearing issues. So we definitely want to curb preterm labor and preterm birth. So we diagnose it if you're before 34 weeks. You know, people look at the nine month pregnancy uh, basically eight months and under. And so are we having more women wait till they're in their mid to late thirties? We are. I can't tell you how many forty seven year old patients call and they're breastfeeding. And they just had a baby when they were in their 40s. So I think we are. Many women are waiting. Maybe they're not getting married until their 30s. Maybe they're deciding not to start a family. But the older you are, yeah, we are having older women start having their families. It was fascinating. I started to go into preterm labor. And I called my family doctor first. And he was somebody I trained under, Dr. Donald Wicker. Dr. Donald Wicker in Nevada had, I believe, come from Ely, and he was a uh, doctor that was the quintessential family medicine provider that would deliver the baby and then take care of them throughout you know, throughout their childhood and then throughout their adulthood. He performed, I guess, a thyroidectomy on a horse. He also helped the veterinary team when the city was small. So he knew... Everything he was more the MacGyver medicine, the the hardcore family medicine doctor that we all wanted to be before corporate took over. And I started having contractions with my first, so I want him to guide me at the hospital. I mean, I knew what to do as a doctor, but I needed him to tell the hospital I was coming in and I was in preterm labor. And he said, "Hell no, go and grab a glass of wine." I I don't have wine. I'm pregnant. I don't drink wine even when I'm not pregnant. I'm not a wine drinker. He said, I'm telling you right now, have a glass and then call me back in 15, 20 minutes. I didn't have wine. So there was a wine cooler. That was one of my husband's. Yeah, don't tell anybody, but he he had some wine cooler. So I drank about a third of it. I was maybe even less, maybe a fourth because I was so scared. The contraction stopped. I called him up 15 minutes later, and I go, okay. I had a little bit of a wine cooler. The contraction stopped. He goes, okay. If they come back, let me know, or go to the hospital. They never. The contractions never came back. Now I'm not sane at all. Please understand. Do not drink alcohol ever. Right to use for preterm labor. That is not uh, a proper treatment. But he was old school. And I guess years ago, they used to use alcohol to control preterm labor. Now, why would I not recommend it if it helped me? Because I think my preterm labor was so mild. And if it's true, true preterm labor, you have an infant that is going to be born, possibly, that is very susceptible. The last thing you want is to add any more chemicals to them, not to mention... Alcohol can raise your blood pressure, could dehydrate you. High blood pressure and dehydration could put you at risk for preterm labor. So it is not, we, we don't use alcohol anymore. We used to use alcohol in the hospital to treat preterm labor decades ago. We don't do that anymore. But I found it fascinating that something like that had worked. That was crazy. You know, what do we do? Well, we give steroids. We try to control you know, the uh, we try to do the best we can to hope that you can you know, hold on to the pregnancy. We still don't understand why the body would reject. Some bodies reject the pregnancy, even later on in the pregnancy. But we already are fearing this expanding pediatric population that is not healthy, that is not physically fit, that is very vulnerable to infectious disease, vulnerable to obesity, vulnerable to diabetes vulnerable to asthma, and we need a population of resilient, healthy kids to be adult. That's why we have such a sick adult population. It starts a lot of times in teenage years and pediatric years. So we have to be able to identify who's at risk for preterm labor, get them the care they need, get anybody who's pregnant the care they need. But... We have to make that a priority. I understand there's this big push to say a fetus is not alive. I'm telling you right now, the fetus is alive. And we have to that you, we, we we gotta keep the abortion issue separate. And I know they're trying to change the wording and looking at pregnancy differently so that um, the abortion fights in state courts could stand. But I'm telling you right now, we have to separate it, and we have to to look at maternal-fetal medicine as the fetus being alive. You start legislating that, well, it's not life, then it could affect legislation and funds for pregnant women. And we have to understand that we have to try to protect that life Especially if in preterm labor, so that child has a chance. One eight seven seven. Dr. Dolly.
5: Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there
6: USA news update. House Republicans voting early this morning to advance their impeachment articles against Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The controversial move would make Mayorkas the first cabinet secretary to be impeached in nearly 150 years. President Joe Biden said that he has decided on how the U.S. is going to respond to the drone attack on a U.S. base in Jordan by Iran-backed militants that killed three American soldiers. A U.S. official Official saying that response to the drone attack will be carried out over several days. California about to get hit by the Pineapple Express, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, saying that two atmospheric river storms out of the tropics will head to the coastal state, bringing massive amounts of rain, snow and powerful winds. Corey Myers, USA News
3: Dolly Show. Thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly. One eight seven seven D O C D A L I. So when I was up in Lake Tahoe at a medical conference, a bunch of the doctors wanted to go to a show. Bally's has an amphitheater. Has shows. There's Harris Harvey's. So they found Micromania Midget Wrestling Tour. So a bunch of doctors wanted to go. Now it's going to be meeting my friend's niece, taking her and her boyfriend to dinner. But when I asked him, I go, hey, guys, uh, some of the doctors want to go to this micromania. And I was midget wrestling. I don't think we could say that term anymore. Are we allowed to? That is that even legal? And apparently it is huge. Micromania rigid wrestling tour goes all across the country. And they sing, they wrestle, they make jokes, and the place was packed. Now, some of you have asked, because you've been seeing the advertisements, what are we allowed to use, what term? Well, dwarf is a term that's a little different. Dwarf used to be a term describing individuals that might have had a... uh, uh Um, let's say, a disproportion to their arms, limbs, body. The term midget was used when you had a person that had proportionate arms and legs, but reduced stature. The term that they're using now is little people. I don't know if that's going to last. I don't think a lot of individuals like that as well. But fascinatingly, during the, sorry, I got food on my teeth. During the performance, the MC was actually talking about how the quote unquote midgets couldn't stand the fact that that term was getting canceled. In fact, I think there was supposed to be. I'm sorry, I got something stuck on my teeth. I'm trying to get there. There apparently there was a reality TV show that these individuals that the um, actors and the wrestlers were trying to do. And it got canceled because the name of their show or the name of their tour was the Midget Mania. So when you see that, you're like, whoa. All right. What? I I, I found it fast. Now, uh, the show itself, it was interesting because you had, the, the audience actually was kind of fascinating. First, our seats. There was a group of individuals in our seats. So when we said, oh, these are our seats, and our tickets cost $35 a person. So I bought four of them. So at, with Ticketmaster, that would have been $140. It came to $220. So somehow fees and taxes and everything else ended up just, you know, I don't know, making uh, making it that much whatever. So when there was a group of people in our in our booth, I'm like, excuse me, these are our tickets. They go, go sit on the next one. No one's there. Well, no, no. The, somebody bought tickets and ended up being sold out. It was standing room only. People were standing to watch it. Now, why a fascination of seeing individuals who are of different proportions and sizes, uh, th- but people wanted to see it. Also, I think the city was really crowded because of the Playoffs and the 49ers. Many people in Tahoe and Reno, their team are the 49ers. So I think a lot of people were in town, so they wanted something to do. Um, but the the crowd was kind of interesting because they were you know they were egging it on. They wanted to see these other individuals get basically clobbered. And I I don't, I've never been to one of these events, so. I didn't even know who to cheer on because I didn't want anybody to get their butts kicked. You know the rapper Fifty Cent. So there was a uh, little person or a midget—that's the term they used—that was called Twenty Five Cent. And so, yeah, you know, you're you're hearing, you're you're looking at this. going, This is very politically correct. I don't know if we're going to be in trouble. You know, watching all this, etc. But one thing that I had picked up on. Are these individuals wanted to make a living? And when I saw that there was this anxiety that people had to go to the show or to say the word, I'm looking at, again, another example of how us being politically correct may actually be hurting the demographic we're trying to help. There were um, some of the uh, little people, and I don't think that term is correct either. But some of these individuals who call themselves midgets um, were taking pictures with the crowd, and there was a bucket for tips, and they were making—they were just trying to make an honest living. And we respected them. I was like, "Thank you all for you know what you do. You're so talented. We really appreciate you." And now I, they're they're. Actors, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're, you know, you know, gifted in in the same ways people that are taller, you know, or have different proportions are. But when the MC was talking about how their show got canceled because of the word midget, and the individuals in the show wanted that. In fact, they were really loud about it. They're like, we're midgets. Why is that term being canceled? It's just another example of how we might be hurting the demographic that we're trying to help. And so when I wrote one of my friends saying, you know, I didn't know that this was something that you could do. I I went with the other doctors and I don't know if I feel guilty or not. They said, no, you you gave them a living. You're giving them a living. Now, people ask, well, what about in Hollywood, where these stars have to simulate sex? Isn't that also politically incorrect? Isn't that? Oh, I mean, now, now they have these individuals that are advocates for stars. They uh, apparently are supposed to be on the scene when they are filming the sex scene to make sure that nobody feels that they are being assaulted during the scene. But then, you know, if you're going through all those hoops, you know, and and obstacles to make sure that nobody feels assaulted during a scene, then why are you having the sex scene? So it's it's just confusing to me how where we're going, and I don't think society knows what they're doing. And you have many individuals out there that want. We have, um, I don't know what the incidence of people with dwarfism or midget or a, and, and lumping that into little people, you're not identifying, giving them an identity. They don't want to be called little people, I don't believe. But, you know, I don't know what the incidence is, but there are many individuals that want to have a role in society. They want to have a job. And I think people panic and they say, well, I don't want to say something wrong. I don't want to look at them wrong. I don't want to accidentally be accused of You know how many, um, uh, I guess, shall we say, individuals did not get employed because the employer was so afraid that if the woman or the minority would have something happen to them, they could be sued. So if they don't have, we spoke about how some employers wanted to separate women and men or just not hire women, not because they were anti-women, but because there was the Me Too movement and they were so concerned about sexual assault or somebody making a stupid joke in the office that could then affect the woman, then cause a lawsuit. So all this progress we tried to make you know, against assault and harassment ended up causing women to not be hired. So maybe we need to start to relook at cancel culture. We needed to do that for a while. And understand that we need to ask the individuals first, who we believe we're trying to help, if this could turn around and hurt them. One eight seven seven 877 Dr. Dahlia Show, one eight seven seven 877 doc Dolly one docdali Big thanks to Genesis Communications Network for making the show happen. Big thanks to Jace, uh, Brad, our producer, and big thanks to y'all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook, the Dr. Dahlia Show. So every year we talk about how syphilis cases are surging. Now, syphilis can be a very deadly STI. I understand everybody always talks about HIV, and they talk about gonorrhea, they talk about chlamydia, but syphilis continues to rise. There was 207,000 cases reported last year in 2022, an 80% increase since 2018. New York Post is reporting that Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra said the syphilis crisis in our country is unacceptable and he declared in a press release that we are at a critical public health crisis. So back in 1951, we had 170,000 cases. The number dropped dramatically when we started to use antibiotics more more ubiquitously. By 1998, annual syphilis numbers were below 40,000 a year. Still too high, but 40,000, what a difference. Now we're up to 207,000? They say syphilis was close to elimination in the 90s why did it reverse now i've spoken about syphilis it's called the great imitator or the great pretender and it's because many people don't know they have it they get a rash on themselves and so they go all right well maybe it's strep or maybe it's hand foot and mouth and they don't understand that it could be something else Primary syphilis could manifest as a painless ulcer on the genitals, mouth, or skin. So somebody will call into telemedicine saying, yeah, I got a sore. Might be herpes, it might be an ingrown hair, might be a cold sore. Just give me X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, can you go and get this checked out? This could be syphilis. Oh, no, 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 it can't be. Just give me the medication I want. Well, if you have a sore in your mouth, the genitals, the skin... You don't know what it is, please, for the love of God, get it checked out. Secondary syphilis is where you can have a rash, fever, joint pain. How many of you feel like you have COVID or flu? That could be secondary syphilis. You could also get warts on the genitalia called condylomatolata. Now, syphilis doesn't always have to cause symptoms, it could become latent. As the disease course progresses, you go from primary, secondary, then it could go latent. Latent means you feel just fine, no symptoms at all. But if you never get treated to knock out the bacteria, which is the Treponema pallida bacteria, you could go into tertiary syphilis. Tertiary syphilis could have severe neurological disability, could affect the heart. So, first line treatment is penicillin. If you're allergic to penicillin, we'll use other antibiotics. But we need to address this early. So why are we having more cases? What's going on? Well, it is sexually transmitted, oral, vaginal, anal. And our sexual uh, practices have become a lot more loose over time. Also, I'm noticing condom use is dropping. Every time I have somebody call in, Ask, you know, saying I have yeast infection or I have a bacterial infection, uh, bacterial vaginosis, I need medication. I always ask, are you having protected sex or unprotected sex? Many individuals say unprotected. And they don't have the fear. I mean, me, maybe it's because I grew up in the 80s. I was very scared of unprotected sex because I didn't want syphilis. I didn't want HIV. I didn't want hepatitis. I was scared about that. And many individuals are like, no, no, because if I get something, I could just take an antibiotic. Wrong thinking. You cannot be having unprotected sex. You could get things like this. In fact, you could even spread this to your children. Congenital syphilis happens. When babies, and we saw a rise in babies being born with syphilis because moms had it. Now, when you are pregnant, your blood work that your medical provider does always screens for syphilis should however how many people are not getting blood work done how many individuals don't know that they're pregnant we just spoke about that with the preterm labor so if you don't know you're pregnant then you're not getting checked and then by the time you do get blood work done you could have already spread it to the fetus there were 3700 cases of congenital syphilis documented in newborns in 2022 And a big thing also I think that's happening is people are using telemedicine and they're telling their medical provider what they have. The medical provider is like, fine, whatever. And they're not understanding that that rash on your hand is not hand, foot, and mouth. It could be syphilis. That sore is not an ingrown hair. It could be syphilis. Now, we do know that syphilis rates are rising in the men-who-have-sex-with-men population. In fact, during COVID, there was guidance on... uh, Well, I don't know if there was guidance, per se, but many individuals, because of COVID, were having little pods, they called it, of individuals where, if they... Oh, and monkeypox, and during the MPOX outbreak, where what they did was, rather than going to parties, you know, and individuals heterosexual, homosexual, hooking up with other individuals. They would stick to a small group that would engage in group sex, but only among themselves that they knew was MPOC. And, and it actually slowed down the spread of mpox But these are conversations that are now being open, openly talked about. And, and so rather than the idea of, you know, okay, well, you now. it. We're going to keep this quiet. It gave us doctors a chance to understand that there's a lot of practices that can be done that could spread STIs. But it's a different culture now. Group sex is becoming a lot more common. Now, before, well, if somebody was in a menage a trois, that was rare. Now, maybe more people did, it, just nobody talked about it. But I hear kids talk. I hear Gen Z's talk. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess they wanted to do that. And so I was thinking, well, you know, it's a good bonding experience. And so maybe, you know, there's, it, it's something that people are now incorporating into their normal repertoire. And they don't understand that that could unfortunately lead to more SDIs. And why don't we have a lot of focus on STI spread? Um, there was a patient that had an infection, a vaginal infection, and when I asked them if they used condoms, they said, no, I have sex with women. Okay. All right. Are you using any sort of protection? No, I don't have to, she said. You do. Women who have sex with women can still spread STIs. Now, I understand we have a lot of focus and a lot of energy on bathrooms and sports and other things, but if you really want to help the AI plus community, then you should also inform them about STIs and protect them. So these soaring rates, if they are being uh, coined as out of control, you know, we know gonorrhea cases are spiking, we need to do a much better job. And many individuals are getting treated online, not knowing it's syphilis, telling the doctor, oh, just give me this. And the doctor's like, fine, so they can move on to the next patient. Uh, One person told me her husband had a sinus infection. When she called up, the doctor said, what do you want? Well, I want an antibiotic and a steroid. Okay, fine. Anything else? I mean, is 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 that what is happening? I mean, I talk to you. I get a history. I go, well, it could be this. It could be this. So no wonder if you're like, I have a rash on my hand. The doctor gives you a steroid cream, sends you on your way. You never get tested for syphilis. One eight seven seven 877
4: Dolly. February is heart month. And every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite.